0: Welcome back or welcome to the Learn Lab Podcast. In this episode, we talk with producer and owner of Epic Films, Kirsty Stark. In our conversation, Kirsty talks with us about the acts of being observant and curious in her career as a camera operator and then cinematographer, which all led her to a career in production. She offers insights and creative ideas on how to get started working in the industry. And beyond the technical aspects, she talks about the strategies of taking an idea and turning it into a production or film. One last thing you might notice in this interview are some background sounds, which are the beautiful sounds of nature and birds coming from the beautiful setting in Adelaide, Australia where Kirsty lives. I hope you don't find it distracting, but rather more of an authentic and natural ambiance. Before we jump into the conversation with Kirsty, if you're enjoying the Learn Lab podcast, please rate it and share it on Apple iTunes, Anchor, or your favorite podcast platform feel free to get in touch with guest ideas or recommendations. Let's get started. Here we go. Kirsty Stark, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you coming from Adelaide, Australia?
1: Great, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, this is a pleasure. It's all mine. So you're in uh, production and you're a producer at Epic Films. Um, now, before you get into that work, which sounds amazing, um, how did you get into this and what made you decide to go into uh video and cinematography and and all of that what led you to that so like either paint a picture for the listener of who you were as a as an early student high schooler or college age uh kid you know and and what was that like for you and your decision making and process and how you got here
1: yeah um it was pretty Straightforward pathway, but I don't remember the specific point of the decision.
0: That's Um, okay, yeah.
1: When I was younger, I guess I was interested in a whole lot of different things. I was quite academic at school. I played a lot of sports um, and then did a lot of creative stuff as well. And one of the things I did was make videos with my friends or my cousins and my sister on a home video camera. So it was always kind of a peripheral interest. And then partway through high school, we went around and saw one of my parents' friends when we were travelling interstate and he had this little home video studio because he worked in advertising and he'd made a video of their kids' like holiday with mm-hmm. titles and fancy effects and I went, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but I think it kind of stemmed from there and then continued as I went through um, study and further into my career.
0: That's awesome. So you uh, took creative arts and and video in uh, college and university. And, and, yeah, uh, my, it, my Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, my high school didn't have a video course, so okay. my first real taste of studying film was when I went on a school exchange to Carbondale, Colorado, the year after I finished high school, cool. and I spent a year living there, um, which had twofold benefit. A, I got to take the video class, which was really cool, but also the Aspen Film Festival and Shorts Film Festival were held just up the mountain. So I got to go and watch all these amazing international films and meet the directors and go to workshops with them. And that was what really solidified my interest and made me decide that yes, when I got back to Australia, I was definitely going to apply to study film. Wow. So I did a four-year film course at university.
0: Wow, that's really cool. What a great experience for you um and you said that was between college and high school so yes yeah great that's that's awesome and what what um was your first experience in 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 work like what what kind of work did you do? Were you producing for big like films like you know that might be the outsider looking in like oh a glamorous job i'm going to be making movies right for you know like big big productions um or or were they small projects or are they commercial productions for small businesses or um like you said like film festival type things and and what's that what was that kind of work like for you
1: it was a whole range really so while i was studying we had assignments to make short films as part of the class so we would do some narrative fiction films and some documentary or client projects. And then I specialised in cinematography for my honours year at university and was focused on the camera side of things. So when I graduated, I started trying to find work in the camera department and volunteered on a low budget feature film, which was kind of crazy. It was my first experience. So I loved every single minute of it, but we were doing 14 or 15 hour days, lots of overtime. Wow. Um, In hindsight, it was probably a project that had a lot of problems with the production, but for me it was just exciting to be on set and to be working with crew who had come off of other local television shows and feature films in my area and to be getting experience from them. Mm -hmm. Then I used that experience to then go on and work officially as a camera department on bigger budget feature films um, in my state as a clapper loader and because it was, 10 or 12 years ago now Um, that was back in the days when we were actually still shooting films on film. So my job was to load Mm -hmm. the film and to run the slate and keep the records for the camera department.
0: Wow. That's cool. So you have a uh, strong technical background on uh, I, I, you know, I, I could call it early cameras, but film cameras, and then you've experienced the transition to digital. Now as a, Kind of a photographer, uh, photography enthusiast myself, um, holding up my my little Fuji uh, mirrorless camera right now. Um, You know, I I also experienced the transition from uh, film to digital um, and learned, you know, black and white photography um, in late college, and then shot that for a couple of years and then early or mid 2000s went to digital and found that the learning curve there was also just so accelerated just because of being able to take unlimited photos and, you know, be able to edit yeah. on the fly and learn and get feedback so quickly. Um, what was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, I really... I think it kind of felt like a natural transition because Mm -hmm. it happened over several years and I was doing some projects on film and some projects on digital. And towards the end of that time, I also started producing instead of working in camera department. Cool. So that was a bigger transition for me personally.
0: Very cool. And so um, speaking of like the, I'm thinking of the technical thing and then I want you to talk about the production and the piece and of the work you do. So for a person who, who is super interested in this type of career, um, I imagine you need a strong foundation in the technical aspects of understanding your camera and the equipment. Um, what, what would you recommend for someone um, uh, you know, on that piece of, of building that foundation and that strong uh, understanding of the, the equipment they're working with and, and the concepts of lighting?
1: I think the key thing is to just get hands-on and go out there and do it,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: especially now there's so many opportunities to learn online through videos or websites centred around filmmaking without necessarily having to go and study in a formal class if you don't have access to one. Right. So to just get your hands on a camera and a couple of lights, even if they're just from the hardware store, and go out and experiment and see what's possible.
0: Would would you... Um we'll try to put the links in the show notes. Um, are there any platforms that you recommend for people to go and take an online course other than, you know, um, you know, just literally experimenting on their own?
1: Um, I don't tend to go to education websites as much anymore, but okay, no sure. film school is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go and look at that. So no dot cool. and that focuses on, some technical, I think still, and also just general mindsets and other aspects of production as
0: well. Very cool. Thank you. So, so what was the transition like to uh, becoming a producer and what maybe are the, the skills that you um, build it upon and built upon, and then that are the foundation for being a solid producer like yourself? Like what, what are the, the skills that someone needs to develop in themselves to to be successful in that role.
1: I think for me, it was because I was interested in more than just the camera department Mm -hmm. in camera department. We would get a script once it was done and we would walk on set once the production was already ready to go. And we would focus very strongly on getting the images right and getting the processes for the camera department. Right. So I'd always loved systems and organisation and big picture thinking and creativity and where the story came from. And I realised that there was more potential to do that in a producer role where you kind of come on at the very early stages of production where there may not even be a script yet and you see it through the whole way until it goes out to an audience. Yeah. And I really wanted to get that extended opportunity to be part of the storytelling process and have
0: more impact. That's awesome, so I mean you're literally making um, making something out of nothing in some cases, and you're you know leading leading uh the team of technical camera and and i mean even I imagine all the people involved in the sc- acting and the script and um, the film in its entirety so so what is that like um, being the leader of, of of a group of people of, der- of various um you know, roles and backgrounds and and the work that they have to do.
1: Yeah, I love it. I tend to see myself more as a facilitator than a leader. Yep. Um, Every project that I do will start in partnership with a writer or a director or an originator of an idea. So if something resonates with me and I can see a pathway to market and an opportunity to get that off the ground, then we will team up and go through that entire process together. So first we develop the script to a point where it's ready to go out and pitch to market. Um, then I'll raise the financing, get the logistics together of the cast and crew and the locations and where we need to be, um, make sure that the production is delivered on time and on schedule, and then we'll start working on the marketing materials and the messaging to the audience and how it's going to actually make a difference once it goes out into the world.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, uh, you've succinctly summarized it, you know, and it's, um, I'm sure there's some major enjoyments out of seeing your, uh, the, you know, your work come to fruition. Um, what, what are those, some of those most rewarding aspects of your, of your career and the work that you do?
1: I think there's different ones at different stages. Um, Yeah. All of those elements involve so many people and yeah. so the opportunity to get really deep into creative discussions and details around which way to go on decisions, whether they're creative or logistical, to get the post out of the production at the end. So that could be around a story element. It could be around casting. Um, it could be around what the poster looks like at the end and who's going to be more resonant with which poster. Mm. So... Yeah, I think the collaboration and those creative conversations really, yeah, inspire me. And I have a really strategic brain in some ways as well. So I like kind of, it's almost like each film is a different little mini business. Mm. Um, They're all aimed at a different audience base. So we kind of have to start from scratch and go, okay, we're creating something here. How do we raise the money for it? Mm. How do we find the right market or the right audience? And how do we go through that entire process to make a product that's going to succeed.
0: Hmm. It sounds really exciting, but also really challenging. Um, what are the hardest parts of that work?
1: Um, the hardest parts are always when you hit a roadblock and you believe in a project and you've come on board because you've resonated with the idea and you think it has something unique, for a different perspective to offer the world and then every stage along the way you really have to think creatively to get around those blocks whether they're hmm. a decision maker or someone who may or may not finance it or yeah, yeah. there's a technical problem on set so yeah, yeah I enjoy the problem solving but those are the more difficult parts of the job
0: yeah I bet and and um it sounds like you're a pretty strategic leader though, in the sense of being able to remove, remove those real roadblocks for others and, and your team. So I think, um, from what I can see outside looking in, uh, you know, you're probably, uh, having more wins than losses on, on your work. And, um, what do you think to transition, like other than technical skills, um, what do you think someone would need to really develop and foster in themselves to be successful in your industry? What are the essential skills someone might need to go after and work on? I think,
1: I think decision-making is mm. a really key one. You're mm. faced with so many different decisions on a day-to-day basis and mm. you have to take a lot of information and a lot of perspectives into account and make a really concise decision often very quickly that will end up being the best for the project. So the ability to have that foresight about what may be coming up next, or the ability to understand the perspectives of five different departments on set who all need an outcome that will enable them to do their best work. Um, So yeah, it's a lot of empathy, Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, yeah, just being able to communicate with people and to search for the common ground in between everyone's needs.
0: So, how do you think you? I mean, that we could maybe riff on this for the next thirty minutes. But, like, how do you think you could, you know, without, without lack, without an experience doing that type of work, um, yeah, like in having the wisdom, like without having gone through that to understand, like. Okay now I I know what they want or and I know what this group of people wants. Um how do you you know how do you develop like strategic decision making if you're not afforded the opportunity to m- make those decisions? I you know I'm just thinking about a younger person like who's like you know who's in, who is the camera person right right now and wants to become a producer but they're not in a decision making role. How would that person you know I mean, I, I, could maybe riff on it and like have some ideas, but I mean, you, you're living it too, you know, in your world and I don't want to, um, you know, my, my, my version of that might look different than yours. So what, what would a person who you'd want, who intrinsically wants to be a decision maker and a leader, how, how can they do that if they don't have that opportunity yet?
1: Um, when I was on, when I was working in camera department, um, I think I would just watch a lot. I would observe and I would see what other people were doing and I would see what was happening on set. And a lot of people in production don't come from an on-set background. They've worked in the production office their entire Mm -hmm. careers. Mm. So having that perspective I think was really helpful. But I think... In general, you can just run thought experiments. I remember that first job I was telling you about, the 14-hour days one. Mm. I was on set as a camera assistant and I was very focused on my job, which was about, you know, make sure that the video monitors are in the right place, make sure that the cables are connected to the camera, make sure that the slate's ready to go. And one of the higher camera assistants said to me, okay, so we know this scene's coming up, here we are in the location, how would you shoot it? And I just went, oh, that's not my job. I'm not thinking about that. But for him, it was about thinking outside of my own job and going, if I was the DOP, where would I put the camera? What would I be thinking about? Would I be worried about the sun setting in half an hour? Would I be worried about, you know, to access through a particular doorway? And to just kind of put yourself in those moments where it is a little quieter on set and you might not specifically be doing anything in your role to put yourself in the shoes of someone else and see what their issues are, what their challenges are.
0: That's that's great advice and a perfect example of how you can do it in this industry and it's in this role. I love it. Good example.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is just scale. Like mm. you can go out with two or three friends today and be making a film and be able to face some of those challenges yourself and then everything that I do is the same as that but with more money and more people. So it's not that much of a difference.
0: Right. Right. So do you want to, would you like to talk about any of the the big projects that your production companies that you've been a part of or have led, um, have done, um, any projects that like might resonate with the listener, um, or, um, something that we should go and check out and see.
1: Yeah. Well, in my camera assisting days, I worked on a lot of local Australian feature films, Mm -hmm. um, In my state, I got to work on things like um, Wolf Creek 2, Snowtown, Beautiful Kate, Oranges and Sunshine. So some of them may not be as well known internationally. Um, I also had the opportunity to do an attachment on The Great Gatsby, which was a big budget Baz Luhrmann film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. So that Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Um, That was my first experience of kind of multi-million dollar Hollywood production and seeing how that all operated. Wow. Um, and then my projects, I've mostly been developing kind of shorter form television series to this point. Um, I've recently made the transition into longer series. So I've got two that are in the financing process at the moment that will likely shoot this year if all goes well. So that's very exciting.
0: That's awesome. And so, so just to pull on that thread a little bit again, just to, to be clear for everybody. So the process too, isn't just, um, you, you're not out there. Uh, shooting a whole lot until you have more of the backing and the finance and then all of the people in place, right? You're more or less creating the story at first and and maybe storyboarding it and maybe snapping some shots of scenery or maybe maybe even f- filming that too, but that's all part of the the early stage development. If, if, am I correct? And then and then financing is in the middle and then it all happens afterwards
1: yeah so the early stage development is very much about um, getting the story to a point yep. where it has enough depth and enough layers to you know make an impact once it goes to screen um, and my particular interest is in stories that aren't just entertaining but will mm-hmm. give people a new perspective or a new insight or show them something about the world that they didn't really think about before. That's awesome. Um, so one project I've worked on recently, for example, is a kids' show um, about a young girl who's transgender and she's starting high school, but she's also presenting as female at school for the first time. Um, so, you know, it's a regular story about starting high school that anyone can relate to, but mm. you see it through her perspective and the individual challenges that she's facing. And that's had, you know, a really amazing response from, you know, Germany, from Japan, from all these different countries, which is incredible.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. So, so you're, you know, not only, um, an adept storyteller, um, you're also probably, uh, likely good at and skilled at marketing as well, right? Finding that, that niche audience, the, who is the project really for, and and how have you how have you developed those skills
1: i think a lot of it is just having read a lot when i was a kid and mm. developed an instinct for the types of stories that i want and i tend to go for projects that I would like to see or I have an understanding of who that person would be that will watch it on the other end and that's part of that process. It's not yeah. just is this an interesting story but it's who is going to watch it when it's made because that's the reality of the business that I'm in. If yeah. no one watches it then the financing process doesn't work. So, yeah, I think I work with really talented writers so I'm not yeah. a writer myself but my job is to kind of look at the essence of the project and say, yeah, this is the theme that I think audiences will resonate with. We need to focus on that and make sure we're continually coming back to that element of it and then creating marketing materials or pitching materials so that we can sell that essence of the project first to the financiers and yeah. to the audience right at the very end of the process.
0: Yeah. Wow. Huh. So it's just it's interesting interesting and fascinating like to hear like the the arc of development for these the projects that you work on um i've never really thought so much about you know i've you know probably have mindlessly consumed you know some of the things on you know television at, as a younger person and now i maybe am more selective um in what i what i watch but you know it's just interesting i never really thought about it um in that way That's great. So have there, have there been any mentors along the way that have helped you? Have you sought that or has that just kind of naturally happened? And is there, um, you know, an advantage or a disadvantage or, you know, I probably think of only advantages, but you know, like, is there a, you know, is that part of the the arc of your career development as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've had, informal mentors the entire way along my journey. And I think a lot of them probably would hate if I referred to them as mentors because they see it as just doing their job. But yeah, there have yeah. constantly been people at every stage of my career who I've had the opportunity to ask questions or mm-hmm. get on the phone and nut out a problem or, you know, ask them how they would deal with a particular situation. And that's really helped inform my way of approaching things as well. And I've been lucky that those people have been you know, really fair, genuine, authentic people who love the process and the people behind the films as much as they love the filmmaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I can, you know, lament with that too, you know, it's just similar, you know, people that like were informal mentors were probably the most impactful too, for me as a, as a younger person in my career, you know, and, um, it's invaluable when people are, uh, so generous, like that for us, uh, for you know, and it's you know, I feel like I need to approach. I try to approach work that way too today. Um, so to start to kind of close out the the conversation, um, you know, what would you recommend um a younger person do like if they're super passionate and interested in this career role, um, or career would you know, is high school, excuse me, is college and university something that, um, students should seek out or, you know, I mean, and I know there's always various layers to when and why and like affordability and all that aspect of it without digging into that, you know, or do you see value out of it? Or do you see, you know, there's maybe just, um, so much opportunity to learn via the the democratization of information on the internet and access to technology and cameras to just be able to get out there and just start giving it a go on their own.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it's a hard decision. I don't think there's one right way to go about it. And I know people who've come from all different aspects of the career. Right. But I would say that it does take time to hone your craft and to hone your skills. And the really important thing is to find a community of people who can give you feedback that is not just from a friend or a family member. It's something that does have some depth and some understanding behind it so that you can keep growing your ability to Mm -hmm. Make projects. So, whether that's at a film school and it's lecturers, or whether that's on set having the ability to work on someone else's production, or whether it's forming a team of people where you're giving yourself or giving each other feedback on the projects that you're working on. But I think start and keep trying to find that community and keep trying to improve on everything you do. And eventually you'll realize that, okay, this feels like a good time to go to college, or this feels like a good time to get. An internship on a set, or whatever
0: that might be. Right, right, right. Yeah, I can see there's probably a lot of value out of the university aspect if you're getting the access to equipment and technology that is, you know, super uh, cost prohibitive to be able to rent and or or buy. Uh, but then if you have that access to you know, big cities where there's production agencies and companies to be able to, you know, get an internship if you have some photography or film chops early on as a high schooler, you know, to be able to just get get right to work because, you know, I think the majority of us learn by doing um, and not being, you know, talked talked to or talked at, you know, and I can see see positives to both, you know, paths, but, um, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's not necessarily you know, there's no magic, uh, you know, here's the golden ticket and this is what, you know, is going to lead you to success. You know, you need to put, the, put in the work and, um, you know, form that community and the connections and, and get hands-on with it. You know, in this kind of career, it, there's, you have to be hands-on. You can't do the work in theory.
1: <laughs> yeah. And for me, I think the community aspect was the biggest thing that came out of my university yeah i'm still working today with a lot of people that i met back then so that's that's been a good journey
0: that's great so if you were to suggest a a project for a current student um what would you suggest to to them uh to get a similar or some type of authentic experience um to to kind of feel the work that you do and to test test the waters so to speak
1: yeah. I think if someone is specifically interested in producing, then starting to hone that creative side off the bat is really important. So what my friends and I actually did, I had one friend who was a cinematographer back when I was also working in camera department, and we decided that we wanted to shoot a film each on 16 millimeter film. That was during that transition to digital and not a lot of producers were willing to put up the money to shoot film. So we put in $2,000 each of our own money that we'd saved from camera assisting. And we told all of our friends that we had private investment for a film fund and we got everyone we knew to submit their short film scripts and then we picked the best two and went through the process of making them and we each shot one as a cinematographer. But I think that was probably where I started to kind of draw on producing skills and be working on things that were outside of the camera department. So looking at that script creatively, giving feedback, um, starting to draw the resources together because we realised that it was going to be a lot more than $2,000 to make these particular films in the way that we wanted to. So we held like raffles and fundraisers with our family and friends to raise the extra money. And we just went through the entire process until eventually we hired out a local cinema and had a premiere with all of the people who had contributed to the process along the way. So that was kind of the genuine, I guess, journey of being a producer from start to finish on a very small scale. Um, but if you're not necessarily interested in producing and more interest, interested in filmmaking as a whole, I think just get out and make something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What a cool project that you did. And, yeah, I mean it just, it kind of makes me, you've inspired me. Like, I feel like I should, I should go out there and do that. I mean, I don't want to change my career to that, but it just sounds like it would be super fun and creative, you know? I mean, just the the whole aspect of it, um, from reading stories to to uh, putting it to film um, and then pr- sharing it with everyone. It just sounds, sounds very rewarding and um, creative and collaborative and just a ton of fun. Um, so, yeah. So thank you so much for uh, sharing your story and your career. Um, Is there anything that I might've missed um, or anything else that you'd like to share or where can the listeners go and find you um, and your work?
1: Uh, My company is called Epic Films. So epicfilms.com.au. Um, otherwise you can Google Kirsty Stark and there's not many of us in the world who so will probably find me pretty easily.
0: You're on LinkedIn and we'll be sure to put it, put your link to, to that profile. Anywhere else? I'm sorry. I cut you off.
1: <laughs> all right, I think that's all.
0: Awesome. All right, Kirsty, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this early morning, uh, and a later evening for me here and early morning for you and Adelaide. Um, It's been a pleasure and it's been a lot of fun talking with you.
1: Thanks so much.